0: Locked On Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Victory Friday. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I know for a fact Everybody listening to this podcast this morning enjoyed being a member of the League of Football Watchers last night. The Miami Dolphins won in primetime. Ryan Fitzpatrick laid the smackdown on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Set a team record for completion percentage of 90% with a minimum of 20 attempts in a football game. This franchise has two quarterbacks that went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Ryan Fitzpatrick, single game record holder. That's how good that performance was. And granted, could have been even better. Two incompletions, they were both on the three and out just before the half as Miami was trying to push the ball down the field, go get points. The first one, the ball bounced off Mike Gusecki's face mask. I I kind of thought that rub underneath route got a little thrown off by his timing. And then the second one trying to push the ball down the field on third down. Dolphins defense shows up in a big way. 13 points allowed. Of course, DJ Chark not playing in this football game certainly helps the cause. But the Dolphins didn't have Byron Jones. Welcome back, Xavier Howard. Logging an interception. And everybody's going to freak out over the next couple of days because he looked like he grabbed his hamstring. I don't think it was his knee. It looked like his hamstring. I don't know why X is trying to toe tap when he got six... Steps inbounds before going out of bounds after the interception. Anyway. But the last time we saw X, he was sitting on the bench, smiling. Partying it up with his teammates. Mike Gusecki continues to be a nightmare. Seven touchdowns scored since week 12 of last year. Nobody in the NFL has more over that same stretch of time. Dolphins offense as a whole. Their best performance to start a game in arguably a decade. Three consecutive scoring drives effectively having their way with Jacksonville. An 0-2 team that came in and played like they were 0-2 but played like they had something to play for. 21 points in the first half. Everything clicked. And I think that's that's the best part about this win. And it's one win. Right? So let's keep it in perspective. This is not the new expectation and the new normal for the Dolphins. And the Dolphins aren't going to suddenly start steamrolling teams. Did you know this is just the sixth time since the start of the 2015 season that the Dolphins have won a football game by more than one score? 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. We're on... Almost five and a quarter seasons of play. The Dolphins average one of this kind of win per year. So I'm watching the game with a couple of my colleagues at at the Draft Network. They're like, man, you're up like 21 points. You should chill out a little bit. I'm like, nope, process has to be good. I need to see a complete win from start to finish. Did we get a complete win from start to finish? Yes, we did. Does that mean it was perfect? No, it wasn't. I thought the tackling was sloppy at times. I appreciated that Miami tried to get running reps for their offense once they scored the touchdown to go up 21-7 to with two minutes left in the, second, or in, the, in the third quarter. Jacksonville had no momentum moving the ball. They were literally just taking checkdowns over and over and over again. They had no success pushing the ball down the field. Miami knows, generally speaking, this game's fairly well in hand. They had a 99.2% win percentage after they scored the touchdown on the short field to go up 28-7. to The passing game for Miami is much further ahead than the run game. And how do you get it better? you got to rep it. So I appreciated that the Dolphins... With seven, after they scored with 17 minutes left in the game to go up three touchdowns against an offense that really wasn't sufficiently moving the ball unless Miami was going to give you lazy body blows and not try and wrap you up underneath. Get those reps and try and get your offensive line between repping it, actually repping it, and doing it in real life, but then also you now have the chance to go back and reassess the tape of those reps and get yourself more adjustment opportunities and tweaks. Because that's what the Dolphins have done throughout the course of the first two weeks versus what they did last night. They made tweaks. They played a lot more zone coverage. And it worked because Gardner Minshew was more than happy to continue to check the ball underneath to Chris Thompson and James Robinson, the two backs, And then Miami's got to step up and rally and tackle. There's so much good here and that this was special teams. Matt Hack had another dime of a punt. Defensively, the adjustments to add more zone coverage, the blitz pressures worked. Brandon Linder didn't play in this game. I get it. But Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, these guys whooped up pretty good on Cam Robinson before he got kicked out of the game, and Juwan Taylor on the tackles. Those are two big, long, powerful offensive tackles. And those guys showed up. Kyle Van Noy played a monster game. He was terrific. He was as advertised. This was the kinds of performances you were going to expect to see from Kyle Van Noy when the Dolphins signed him. I know you didn't miss the A-gap blitz, against Chris Thompson that forced an incomplete pass from Gardner Minshew. Because he flat-backed him. He ran through him like he wasn't even there. And that was something Van Noy mentioned in the postgame, procuring this dub. He said, I think it was just collectively over this entire training camp and last couple of games trying to figure out our identity, and tonight was a good testament of how hard we've been working as a unit. And boy, it feels good to win. Flow has been kicking our ass, and we finally showed up and showed out tonight. It's fun to get turnovers. It's fun to celebrate with your teammates and get it done. Let me ask you this. You, n- nobody listening to this podcast, well, that's not true. Maybe some of the people listening to this podcast did play in the game last night. Maybe they did. I don't want to assume that they didn't. But even if you didn't play in the game last night, was last night fun? It was for me. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Dealing. We got some creativity on offense. The Jakeem Grant reverse. The Jakeem Grant catch that he had early in the game. Mike Goseki, another high point touchdown reception. Fitzpatrick continuing to deal in tight window areas. And I'll say that it's not like Miami had a ton of free runners. Fitz was efficient. Fitz continued to hammer the shot clock get the ball out of his hands. There's a lot of things that if the Dolphins can stack and build, from week one to week two, the offense got a lot better. From week two to week three, I still think the Dolphins offense got a lot better. But don't look now. The Dolphins have scored 59 points in their last two games. Who would have thought? You got Seattle coming up next, Seattle coming across the country, but that's, that's for another day. We got all next week to talk about Seattle. Today's victory, Friday. Before we get into any more of the oddities about the game and continued performances from the Miami Dolphins, I would kindly request that you help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community, because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. And this season, you can get football on your time, courtesy of NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars of every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques, learning from Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive, so go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. So this Dolphins performance, some pretty weird anomalies and stats and facts from this game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick set an NFL record, uh, earning his sixth career win against the Jacksonville Jaguars as a starting quarterback, and all six of those wins have come with different teams. So he's the only quarterback in NFL history to own six wins over the same franchise While starting for six different teams, we mentioned the Dolphins opened this game with three consecutive touchdown drives. Obviously, they tried to go fast at the end of the first half, they went three and out. They ended up punting early on with their first possession of the second half, and then they get the short field and score a touchdown and then they convert into, okay, we need to get better at the running game, so let's get some running game reps. This is the second time since at least 2000 that the Miami Dolphins have scored touchdowns on their first three drives of a football game. The only other instance, November 20th, 2011, versus the Buffalo Bills. How many times can you think of, over the past 10, 15 years, that the Dolphins have fallen into a hole, and the opposing team just kind of has their way with them, and they score three touchdowns to open the game. Even if it's not actually three touchdowns to open the game, it, it's guaranteed to have happened more than twice in 20 years, which is how infrequent this offensive performance is for the Miami Dolphins. And that comes on the heels of the offensive output that the Dolphins had in the second half last week against Buffalo, stacking positives. Right? That, that's what this is all about, continuing to stack positives. The Dolphins' 12-play opening drive when 84 yards ch- took 6 minutes and 51 seconds of the play clock. It is the longest opening drive to a game for the Miami Dolphins since week 1, 2011 against the New England Patriots on a 7-minute, 18-second drive. Dolphins would go on to lose that game, 38-24. Wes Welker had a 99-yard touchdown. I'm sure you remember it as painfully as I do. This one feels a little better with some positivity behind it. We mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick setting a franchise record for completion percentage at 90% with a minimum of 20 pass attempts. And we also mentioned Mike Gusecki scoring tear. No NFL player has scored more touchdown receptions since week 12 of last year than Mike Isecki. How the heck did we get here? These oddities talking about the offense, but the the defense also. I mentioned we'd run some more zone, but don't take my word for it. Listen to what Garner Minshew had to say after the game. They asked Gardner Minshew how the Dolphins were able to put the clamps on Jacksonville. He said they played a lot of soft zone coverage. Does that sound like the first two weeks? And weren't going to let us take any shots. I thought our guys did a good job for the most part catching the ball and making what they could with it, but the Dolphins did a good job defensively tonight. Obviously, there was a coverage bust. Dolphins up 28-7, final play of the third quarter. They ran a little pump and go. And Noah Igbenogany looked to jump down into, they ran double outs from two and three strong. It went three by one. And uh, Noah was lined up over top of the outside wide receiver. And uh, his eyes in the backfield, Looked to jump as Minshew gave him a pump. Chris Conley ran right by him. They were at about the 30-yard line. And it would have been the easiest touchdown of Chris Conley and Gardner Minshew's life, but Minshew overthrew the pass. And the ball fell harmlessly out of bounds. Those are the kinds of things, like I said, this this can be an all-around team effort win, but not be a perfect game. And it was nice to get a couple breaks after the hard bounces of the ball that the Dolphins got seemingly felt like in the first two weeks. This defense found the spine in week three. And say what you will, I'm sure the detractors, oh, well, you know, it's Jacksonville, well... The sports boats were favored, Jacksonville, every single member of the NFL Network panel in the pregame favored Jacksonville, Jacksonville favored to win the football game. Everybody picked Jacksonville to win the game despite knowing that DJ Chark wasn't going to play on that NFL Network panel. Obviously, I recorded with Tony of Locked On Jaguars yesterday, and we recorded before the DJ Chark injury. Uh, became known that he was going to sit out this game. DJ Chark would have helped, but I don't think DJ Chark makes up 18 points. I don't. And even if he does, DJ Chark doesn't play defense. And the Dolphins, I wouldn't even say they took their foot off the gas, but yeah, they were perfectly content in the fourth quarter. To play the clock game. They say, let's get out of here without anything crazy. Let's try and get the offensive line some running game reps. Because the the Dolphins entered this game with like, I think it was like a 64% clip of passing the ball. Because they were constantly chasing the first two games. Do you know how many offensive snaps the Dolphins took with a lead in the first two games of the season? Offensive snaps with the lead and the ball. Zero. Zero. They scored to go ahead of Buffalo, and Buffalo got the ball back, subsequently went right down the field and scored. This team has to learn how to win. This team has to learn how to close. This team has to learn how to run the ball effectively, because if you're in a position where it is a four-point game, you do have the ball, and there's three minutes left, you need to feel confident that your offensive line is going to be able to pick up some freaking first downs on the ground. They're not there yet. There's some good flashes. The timing of getting off of combo blocks, like these are all things that need to get a little better for the Dolphins. So I think there was a lot of value in how they chose to handle the last 17 minutes of the football game. If you were going to hope that they were going to stick their foot on their throat and continue to just smash him and Ryan Fitzpatrick throws for 350 and four touchdowns and they put a 50-burger on the board, Miami doesn't care. But if they get to a point where the 15 reps or whatever that they got late in the game of trying to be insistent to control and dictate the line of scrimmage and they get a couple tweaks that are going to get those timings of getting off those blocks correct, I'd be willing to bet the Dolphins will be more thankful for that than if they would have put a 50-burger up. Victory Friday feels good, doesn't it? This was a fun game to watch, and as I said, it, it, probably in large part because the Dolphins don't win football games like this. They, they, they don't control and dominate from start to finish. It's such an oddity for this team. I think defensively, the adjustments made in a four-day install window was really impressive, and we should be very encouraged. I get it, it's Jacksonville without their best receiver. But at the same time, Garner Minshew played really good football to start the year, and Jay Gruden called really good game plans for Jacksonville. As that team went on to score 54 points in their first two games. 13 against Miami. Mix and match a little zone here. All of a sudden that deep crosser is not going to be so freaking wide open all the time. I think the identity of this team is still going to remain being a cover one man defense. But if it doesn't work, if you struggle getting the penetration and the pressure reps... Because that was another big thing for Miami, is you saw them kind of gradually turn the heat back up throughout the course of the game as they were in front. You saw a little bit more of the aggressiveness. You saw a little bit more of the loaded A-gaps. Linebackers walked up onto the line of scrimmage and bringing some guys, bringing some heat. Again, they're, they're balancing what works, where do we need to continue to get better, where where can we continue to improve while staying true to who we are as a football team? And I thought the fact that they continue to stay aggressive defensively said quite a bit. And then you get into the fourth quarter, and they're they're dropping everybody. So you just don't get beat deep. But they they played some zone, soft zone early in the game. I thought the heart of the game, you got back to some interior pressure stuff, and then it was, okay, let's, you know... We're in control of this game. Let's make sure they don't get quick scores and turn this thing around and let this thing get weird. I appreciated how the Dolphins handled the game because it wasn't just, okay, we're going to do this from start to finish. We're going to call our offensive attack this way. Well, no, we're up by 21 points. Let's try to turn clock and get better here. Defensively, we brought some change-ups to the table. We also got some added reps of trying to continue to bring pressure and blitz looks and have some success. And Kyle Van Noy on the strip sack, he ran a little two-man game inside with Zach Seiler, ends up poking the ball out, recovering the fumble himself. It was an excellent hustle play individually, but he also freed up Zach Seiler in the offensive line. There was miscommunications as they tried to recover from giving up that gap, and they left Kyle Van Noy completely unoccupied. So it's all all encompassing. Not perfect, but a total team effort with a lot of positives that we can look to stack next week and going into next week at home against Seattle. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this weekend. Hope you guys are excited to watch some football, knowing full well that we also have victory Monday on the docket. So hit subscribe on Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right on Locked on Dolphins. And come back and see me again on Monday.